This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Phoenix Rising 5, New York Red Bulls to 1. Rising just about staying alive still in this playoff hunt that we thought that they'd probably be out of by now, but maybe not a surprise today. Welcome to your PHNX Rising post-game show presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Owen Evans, joined by a couple of different faces again today. You know, we say that Ramon maybe... I don't know. It's two wins with him gone. He's, he's in the chat pointing it out, but yeah. <laughs> Where is Deadwin? Deadwin as well. I mean, Edwin, it all went downhill after Edwin left. left. True. It all went downhill after Edwin left. But tonight, you know what? We can we can leave that behind. Let's just let's just be positive. Being Rising winning 5-1. Yes, it was against the New York Rebels to make it that what you will. But for the first time since April, back-to-back wins. It's something to be excited about, right, Owen? I mean, it's something that you didn't see coming. And, yeah, of course they do it at the tail end of the season when they're chasing playoff spots and they need help even if they do win all four games. But 5-1 against a team that's not that good, but you can only play the 11 that was put in front of you. And when J.J. Williams came on, they certainly put the goals in the back of that and did a good job of doing that. Absolutely didn't. I mean, they got it started early, didn't they? Second minute, mm. first goal in there, Gabby Torres with the goal. They get a penalty as well in the first half, which Aiden Quinn slots away. And then, as you mentioned, J.J. Williams comes off the bench, two assists and a goal. Yeah, we're not going to make him DraftKings King of the Game, unfortunately. We picked that one too early in here, maybe. But at the end of the day, it's... I feel like the easiest way to start with this is just how much can we really read into this game? I think the big thing is that it's a continuous of a game model that Juan Guerrero wants to play. It's entertaining. And the fans are coming back into the stadium and I think starting to buy back in to the style of play. Um, and that's the big thing, right? And they continue to patent that style of play. And it feels like every week they're getting better at organizing themselves in a way that allows them to take control of these matches. I think you can't take too much away from it because, you know, New York Red or Bulls, that. too, is just not a good team. We talked about this at the end of the last last game on Wednesday, how, you know, any, any other result than three points for the Rising today would have been a bad result. And it would have ended their season, obviously, in terms of playoff eligibility. They stay alive. They get three points, resounding win, but you can't take too much away when there's two or three 15-year-olds on the pitch for the other team. Yeah, and one of those 15-year-olds in goal, of course, in yeah. New York Rebels, too, making his professional debut today. And uh, quite a it's rough tough. debut for him, to be honest, conceding five goals here. But broadly speaking, look, I did ask Juan Guerra, I managed to speak to him just then about this. He said, look, we don't necessarily 
dismissed too much from this because of the nature of the opponent, because we don't go into those games thinking mm-hmm. about the opponent. When you're a big club like Phoenix Rising are, you go into those games thinking you need to get three points regardless. And from what he saw there, the processes are still fine. There's still improvement. There's still, you know, getting better and better at the game model that he's trying to implement. And mm-hmm. therefore, he's still taking a lot of positives out of this game, of course. Look, at the end of the day, they're also playing another team uh, somewhat similar here, a team that struggled later in the season than their two remaining games. So gives a bit of hope, at least. You know, they do know how to turn up, turn on the gas when they're playing against a, a team that are weaker, a team that maybe you'd start to get more complacent, mm-hmm. perhaps. Especially, you score two minutes in. Mm-hmm. and it's, Number one, it's, it's fantastic, of course, isn't it? Because you think, okay, great. We've shown that we can come out with the intensity we need to get this done, but... Sometimes you see those teams start to fall away when you take such an early lead, don't you? Yeah, I think something also needs to be brought up in terms of the development of the team. We saw them play one of these B-sides in Loudoun United. They gave away four goals in that game. So I think that there should be something said that they're, they are, I guess, not playing down to the level of competition like they were earlier in the year, and they are starting to find some level of consistency. And I know Ryan and myself have been talking about this on the broadcast for a while, those last three games were always going to give them a chance that if they were in the mix to stay above the waterline and maybe stay alive for a little bit longer based on other results, because yeah, it was their two easiest opponents of the year coming in their last three games. And then RGB has surged as of late, but really had been a side that had been struggling for most of the year. And it's hard though, because we were saying this almost even two months ago, those last three games were always going to give Phoenix a chance. I don't think when we were saying that Peyton, either of us thought that, they would be this far behind and they'd right. be clawing up this yeah, much sure. ground. So, yeah, good for Phoenix. Two straight wins. They're getting results. They're playing better. They still need so much help. That's the tough part, right, is that you need to look at other results. And Oakland got a big one today, that late 2-1 win against Birmingham. That's a result that if you're a rising fan, you're not happy with because Phoenix did their job today, but they didn't get help from a team they thought they might get help from. And that'll be the tough part. If Phoenix finishes off the season and looks the better of the teams in that bottom half of the Western Conference and they look like the team that, was picking up form at the right time and might have just been able to sneak into the playoffs and done something if they snuck in, but it might have been just too little too late. They might not have gotten enough help from the teams that were ho- you were hoping would beat the teams you're competing with. It might be a lost season almost for Phoenix if they end the season so strong and they still don't get into the postseason. We'll work on to that in a bit, yeah. the playoff picture, where people are. Sure. Let's look at some of those storylines on the field today. Of course, J.J. Williams coming off the bench, two assists and a goal. Mm-hmm. When he's getting those assists, as as Juan told us after the game, look, he could have shot those as well. Just how good a sign is that that your centre forward is willing to be unselfish in those kind of situations? I think, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that because JJ has been visibly frustrated at different moments because he was brought in to try and rescue that 4-3-3 model that Rick Schantz wanted to play and be that target guy. Maybe that's not necessarily the same archetype that Juan Guerra is looking for. And I think that's been awkward, that transition to try and figure out how he fits within the team. So for him to be in that position where he's got that weight on him to be that goal scorer and then just to make the heady play, I'm going to lay it off here. This is going to be an easier goal if I cross the face full, find Richmond Antwi, et cetera, et cetera, Babu Jai for the two goals that he assisted on. That's a good sign that he is at least buying in, um, from our bird's eye view at least, to what Juan Guerra is trying to get them to do. But also, right, with J.J., what is he? He's a big, physical, strong, fast, athletic player who also has the intelligence to do stuff like he did today, which is get in on goal and lay it off. But 
that's an asset when you're coming off the bench against a bunch of teenagers. You can just physically outman them. You sure. knew when he was coming on, opportunities were going to be there because they were coming already. Bobby Carjai was giving in balls. Aiden Quinn was delivering. Obviously, he came off. But I thought when he came on, you were going to see him wreak some havoc, and he did. And those two assists were nice because he used that pace. He used that power to get in behind, did a fantastic job of it, and then created, did something we often don't associate J.J. Williams with, which is assists and creating for teammates. And he did that today. That was nice to see in terms of that's a development because he was brought in to score goals, as Peyton says, but now he's creating goals. He's using his ability off the ball, his runs, his intelligence of moving off the ball to create for teammates, to set up two tap-ins. And even though Babakar Jai almost flew one over the bar, it still went in. Yeah, well, you mentioned that coming up against a weaker opposition, of course, one element of that, the fact that they were down to 10 men. I think it's worth addressing just for some of you who may not have caught quite why the uh, player was sent off there. There was a little bit of a shirt pull, wasn't there? A little bit of a tug. Uh, yeah, it's not not too yeah. apparent, but just about, if you watch the replays back, you can just about see there's a little bit of a grab there. And while the flag goes up for offside, this occurs prior to that, and it's against the different players. So the call ultimately is to give a free kick there. Second yellow picked up for stopping a promising attack. Yeah. We're comfortable with that as a second yellow yeah. card? I was at first I was confused because I saw the yellow card come out and I thought it was for Hurst who had continued to play through the whistle and chipped it into the goal. I think we both were. And then I saw the red card come out and I was confused because I was Hurst isn't on a yellow. And then um, player said player starts to walk off in disarray, puts his head in his shirt. And you were like, oh, he got sent off for a foul. And then you came over and showed us on the broadcast, the replay. We thank you for that. And that kind of got us lost. But Michael Knapp, Second yellow card yeah. went, didn't go his way, but it was the right call from Greg Dopka. Yeah, and he's been one of the most penalized players in USL this season. That was his third red card of the year. Um, he picked up his ninth yellow card of the season earlier in the match, then got the second yellow. So, I mean, I don't, I don't. Maybe it was a little preconceived bias um, from the official of like, okay, this guy has got a track record. But also, though, Darnell King got sent off for a very similar instance for a second yellow against switchbacks earlier this year. So at least it's been consistent across the league. Yeah, people people comment on Darnell King there. Like it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. Someone's had three this season. So yeah. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. Something else to note in there, of course, Joey Kalistri. Mm, big fan favorite. stone for him. And suddenly a fan favorite, of course. Yeah, he's been here for quite a while now to rack up a hundred regular season USL games today. Just how pivotal is he to this team? Extremely. He does a job. I think on a couple of our informationals this year that we've used to call games, we list him as this like infinity player, this utility man that can play everywhere. Right back, left back, center mid, attacking mid, winger, left or right side. You could probably throw him up as the nine and he'd do a good job as a false. But he does so much in terms of also not just on the field, but off the field. He's an important character in the dressing room in terms of positivity that he brings. And he allows someone like Juan Guerra, who's new to the team, in a way, obviously he was here before, but comes back in, reassociates himself with the dressing room, does a good job to do that. And Kalistri is kind of this figure that, you know, helps a coach do that. He's a great leader out there, exemplifies and works hard when he comes on today. He closed out the game, did a good job. And it's cool to see someone like that, who's maybe not the most talented individual, get to that kind of milestone because it shows that there are roles for players like that in this division and any division for that matter. Yeah, I think it would have been really easy for Joey to maybe drop his head after he he gets moved out of the lineup when Juan comes in, he had been part of a back, you know, four that had seen to it that they hadn't conceded a goal five consecutive games and had that shutout streak going um, when he was playing right back. And then he gets he 
gets dropped. And, you know, every time he comes on, energy, directness, intensity, does a really good job with linking up players like he did tonight. And, again, 10 men, Red Bull 2, okay, whatever. But he was carving open spaces and plying open those little half spaces for JJ to run into and make the plays he did. So I think he's crucially important. And, again, like you said, huge in the dressing room. Yeah, and it even goes beyond that. You mentioned it, of course, the utility just asking yeah. of him. He can do anything. He's that guy who is one of the first names on the team sheet every week. Yeah. You know he's got to be there on the bench because at the end of the day, no matter what you are struggling with, no matter what it is, you can normally find a way to get him out there and maybe yeah. you have to move other people around. You can almost always rely on him to come in and kind of plug that hole. We've seen it time after time after time over the years. And only that, we've had some great moments with Joey Kalistri, great moments to watch from him uh, when he scored two goals against New Mexico sure. to draw that game over in Albuquerque, when he also scored a, an equalizing goal here, I believe, against mm -hmm. San Diego Loyal mm -hmm. last season. He's just a player who has been around for a while, has given some fantastic memories, and still, even now, he's incredibly vital. And as Racer Dog is saying here in the chat, always gives 150%. Yeah. So fantastic to see him reach the 100 milestone, especially here in front of the home fans. Sure. I did see he got his uh, little jersey with 100 yeah. on the back. So gets to celebrate that in front of the South End. And he spent a lot of time going around talking to people yeah. all the way back around. So congratulations to him. One other player now just to talk about from tonight before we move on is uh, Gabby Torres mm. getting on the score sheet early. It's been a good start to his yeah. Phoenix Rising career, hasn't it? Yeah. Accidental, too. I mean, he wasn't supposed to start uh, the game against Sacramento. James Musa gets hurt, and Gabby Torres has to step in, plays as a right back. He's tucking into these half spaces, almost interchanging with whoever the attacking is, is at times, and it's created headaches for teams. He gets on the score sheet today, his first home debut, and it's kind of impressive to see a guy like that just jump into a team with only four games left and start off as fast as he has been. He also allows for this nice little neat combination between him on this right wing back side when he's the um, right back tucking in with that left foot of his. And Darnell King as a center back can get forward and do what he does best, which was make runs forward and then jog his way back. I think it's created headaches for the two teams they played. Sacramento, the last game, it made it hard to defend Gabby Torres. He was everywhere. And then tonight, Clearly, early on, when they scored those first two goals tonight, the Rising, they were all on that right side because Gabby Torres was in so much space and King was overlapping. And the left back, I believe it was um, 42, Omar Valencia, mm -hmm. he was struggling to deal with that. He's, yeah. He adds a game of little technical quality that is so, so good for Juan Guerra's team to see. Yeah, I found it fascinating to see how they've gone about the recruitment early on. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's going to be something of an overhaul you would suspect Juan Guerrero wanting to play such a different way than they set out to play this year. Um, and I'm interested to see how many Oakland players they pursue um, from his side, you know, earlier in the season coming into next year. But that said, this, this franchise's front office, I think, was maligned for finding a bunch of players that were square pegs and round holes and didn't necessarily fulfill the roles in the game model that they were supposed to. And I would say with Josh Sargis so far and Gabby Torres so far, the two players brought in with Juan Guerra, it seems to be a somewhat seamless transition in which they fit into this team and they have skills that are needed and utilized. And it just feels like there's a plan again. I think that's something that's really easy to buy into. The players are certainly bought into it. And I think the fans are starting to see it too. Right. And that's something that Juan does mention, of course. He says every time they wouldn't bring in a player who doesn't fit the game model. Yeah. And it comes up every time I ask about Gabby Torres. 
his, his first things that come out of his mouth every time. Look, we brought him in quite simply because he yeah. fits the game model. Sure. He fits it perfectly. He does exactly what they want in that mm -hmm. kind of position. And because at the time that we made this decision, he's got that opening goal. He yeah. had a pretty decent first half. We did decide to give him the DraftKings king of the game. You can argue in the chat, I'm sure, that JJ Williams was robbed. But hey, we're giving it to Gabby Torres for his one goal. He got eight touches in the opponent's box today as well, which yeah. tells you a lot Huge about number. just how important a player he's in the attack coming out from the back right. because he's also a player that may or may not be coming back next year we don't yet know uh he did sign a well he came over from tulsa he's on a contract through till the end of this year yeah. but there is an option year through to the end of sure. next year as well every time i've asked Juan about it he's been quite coy about whether they're uh, actually going to use that or not same wait and see we'll see but we'll have to see anyway now we mentioned DraftKings. yeah you know, it was pretty clear today. I'm not sure if people saw the tweet that the uh, the odds were not in Red Bull's favor no. today. Were no, they were not. Plus 850, so, right? Plus 850 at kickoff. So uh, you're wow. going to lost a lot of money thinking that you were chasing a lot of money today yeah. with uh, New York Rebels too. But yes, it's a good reminder, of course, you can bet on USL games. You actually could have made money. I know it was positive money on um, if Rising were to win by three or more goals, or in this case, you could have gone with Four or more goals, you'd have earned a reasonable amount. I believe it was somewhere around the plus 200 to plus 300 mm. range. So you're going to have earned a, a reasonable amount of money there. But yeah, there, there's always USL games that you can bet on on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can also, of course, bet on the other type of football. I know I normally slag it off. I normally have comments to make on here, but I'm going to tell you about it. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on American football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now, boys, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Mm. I uh, ended the press conference today. Juan Guerra was turning around and saying five goals means five beers. Mm. I believe Ryan's underage. Uh, yeah, Ryan's I was just saying. I'm... Ryan can't partake, unfortunately. No. However, Juan Guerra did mention there, five goals is five beers. And if you're going to do that, you're going to celebrate. Maybe you've got some winnings from those hey. bets that you put on DraftKings. You had rising to win by four or more goals. ASU football to cover, maybe? ASU, I don't even know what that score was today. 35, they're still in it. 35-17, somehow. All right, all right. Well, if, if you have got some money to spend on there, maybe you want to go and get some four peaks. I know I'm going to be getting home and opening a four peaks. That's a go-to. I mean, Juan Guerra again wants wants five of them. As uh, Ryan is hiding down here because again he's yeah. unfortunately His, underage. But, you know, uh, virgin ears cannot hear such things. Also, keep your eyes peeled for some news coming up very shortly. We got some pretty cool events in the works with our friends at Four Peaks. So make sure to stay tuned for more information there. And of course, again, when you get home, make sure you grab a Four Peaks if you're 21 or older. You got to be 21 or older. Unlike make Ryan, make sure to enjoy responsibly right you can come back right now. safe you're good you're safe it's that was okay. exciting thank yes. you thank you <laughs> just hiding under the table there. shout out to the chat here talking about things uh pat moses saying he doesn't think he's ever heard of a player option in usl they yeah yeah they do they do have player options actually the collective bargaining agreement allows for 
up to two options in a contract, mm. which can cover a maximum of three years. So fun fact for you there. Um, I totally got that because I was reading the I didn't know that. agreement today. <laughs> Very random thing. Good timing. Good timing here. Uh, other comments here. PC United will probably grab Gabby. Well, Gabby's... No, no, it's uh, Hayden Sargent is on loan from yes. PC United, isn't it? Gabby is... Gabby is here and he's under contract here. So, again, I, I feel as though Gabby's got a pretty decent chance of coming back here next year. And from what we've seen, I don't think I can argue with that at all. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense for me for a team to bring in a guy with four games left and not want him back for the next season. And then you see what Gabby Torres has done in two games. Why would he not want to continue to play under Juan Guerra and what he's done so far, getting out the opportunity to play a little bit further up the field and be an attacking-minded player? I think it might merge the best of the two minds, and he should be here next year, I'd expect. Yeah, I, I think him getting to play. At one point, we had the Opta tracking data available to us during the broadcast and trying to integrate that into our, our call. And Ryan looked down at the numbers around halftime, and Gabby Torres was the furthest forward player that Rising had in the match, which was just wild considering what you think of in a fullback and wingback. I think him providing those overloads down the right side, that's the player that Juan Guerra has needed to operate the way that he wants to operate and bring the attack to his opponents. He's just a perfect fit, and he's a player that I think Rising would be very keen to bring back at this point. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about some of the other results in USL, but we'll focus specifically now on the ones that impact Phoenix Rising as we look ahead. RGV today, they fell 1-0 at home against Luce City. Wilson Harris with the goal there. And in the other game, it was brought up earlier, but of course, Oakland Roots winning 2-1 at home to Birmingham Legion uh, with Juan Carlos Azacar getting the winning goal in the 84th minute. Birmingham Legion actually took the lead there through Enzo Martinez in the 21st minute. So the RGV result, of course, that's a good result for Phoenix Rising. The Oakland Roots result... Maybe not quite so much a good result mm. for Phoenix Rising. That puts Oakland Roots on 43 mm. points. They have two games left to play. Phoenix Rising currently on 39 points. So Phoenix Rising four points behind Oakland Roots. Same number of games left to play. Also note there, Phoenix Rising are four games behind the playoffs as a whole. El Paso currently sitting in seventh. They didn't play today. They do have games on Wednesday, Saturday, and Wednesday. So they'll finish their season before Phoenix Rising yeah. will. Odd number of teams. That's what happens, sure. unfortunately, in a league like this. Not everyone can play on that final day. So Phoenix Rising will go in knowing what they have to do or if they can catch El Paso Locomotive. RGV sitting outside. Now, they are on 42 points from 31 games. They are playing on Wednesday away to Memphis. And then Phoenix Rising travels there on Saturday next week. So RGV do not pick up any kind of result away to Memphis if they lose that game. Phoenix Rising could be above them in the table next Saturday night. But looking at this table now, looking at everything overall, how are we feeling about the chances? I see some people in the chat. We've got a crazier things have happened. We can do it. Yeah, I mean, mathematically, they still can for certain, right? And for Phoenix, I think Peyton and I, and I think Owen knows the number as well. The normal number is 48. 48 points. The West Western Conference this year has been so wild, everybody beating everybody, that it looks like that number might be lower this year. Phoenix probably 45 might just do it, which would mean the Rising would need two more wins to get to from 39 to 42, then 42 to 45. They'd still need help from there. It's as tricky as it gets because when you throw out the number 45, El Paso, as Owen said, already on 43, RGV on 42. Mm -hmm. 
it's tough. Oakland also on 43. They only need two or three more points to yeah. mathematically jump ahead of Rising's full potential. It might be tricky. Those games in hands for El Paso and Monterey Bay are probably what scares me or any Rising fan most because they have another game to put themselves that much further out in front. Yeah. Well, what's the thing to note there on El Paso? Just uh, I'll mention who they've got to play yeah. now. Colorado Springs on Wednesday, and they're hosting Orange County again on uh, Saturday, and then they're playing yeah. Tampa Bay Rowdies. The key thing here is Colorado Springs, that's a potential loss, even though it's in El Paso. Tampa Bay, that's a potential loss, away to Tampa Bay especially. Mm-hmm. And Orange County, it's just one of those ones where if they don't hit the ground running, they have a poor result there. And look, I mean, El Paso have been kind of shaky this season. Yeah, It's possible that they only draw that game. If they only draw that game, it is in Phoenix Rising's hands to overtake them. Yeah. But that's where it is, unfortunately. Monterey Bay, of course, playing a big game tomorrow in terms of deciding mm-hmm. how the season will shape out. They are hosting Tampa Bay Rowdies. What are we thinking is going to happen in that game? I mean, you just go. I, I just kind of go back to it. And it's like, man, if they could have avoided rising one of those defensive breakdowns against Monterey, how much different this scenario would be at this point? There's so many different. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the course the of the season, season sure. Like, what if something just slightly different? Happened? Absolutely, and the butterfly effect from that. But I mean, Rowdies don't have much to play for at, the, at this point in time. They're virtually locked into their playoff positioning. Um, I believe Memphis might be in range to catch them up, but they, they I don't are. think they're able to get to Louisville at one. So, I mean, Monterey's been really good at home. They've been giant killers throughout the year. I don't know. They've been playing really well lately, and I would not be surprised if Monterey got a result there. Kind of. Their form has teetered off down the recent stretch. And, I mean, Rising fans, if you're going to watch that game tomorrow, you're going to root for the guy that made Rising miserable when Tampa Bay came here. Jake LaCava could have a chance to score a couple. But Monterey Bay is an interesting one, right? They have struggled at times this year, especially early. Frank Yallop and his team figured it out about the halfway point of the season. They played really well, and now all of a sudden it's kind of begun to teeter-totter a little bit. Again, Phoenix are still in it. That's probably the most important thing to take away from today, considering the opponent, you can't take too much away from the game itself. So Rising are still in it, but mathematically it is a long shot, yeah? I just think it's so wild, and I think this goes to paint the picture of the Western Conference this year. The team that won the title out of the best goal score in the league and they're bottom of the West. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a chaotic. And they are out, by the yeah. way. They are completely unable now to qualify for the playoffs. I will say that we were talking about the Monterey Bay Tampa Bay Rowdies game. Just to read you out the line from that one, we mentioned the DraftKings Spurs the gap earlier. I told you you could bet on USL. You can indeed. I've got the line here. Monterey Bay are at plus 225. A draw is at plus, two, plus 270. Tampa Bay Rowdies at minus 110. So. Rowdy's favored there despite having to go away mm-hmm. from home. We'll have to watch that one, I'm sure. Seven o'clock tomorrow. But hey, we're talking about the fact it could all be in play even as late perhaps as that last game of the season. That last game of the season is going to be here. It's going to be for Phoenix Rising against Atlanta United 2. If you don't have your tickets yet for that game, I might have something that might interest you here. Oh. So one of our friends, the Game Time app, for anyone who uh, hasn't yet bought their tickets for that game, Maybe you're going to wait around until the last minute and try and pick up some tickets there. They've got Phoenix Rising tickets. Some of them are quite cheap. There was one a few weeks ago when we were looking. I think it was the Oakland game. We were looking up what was available on the Game Time app. They have $4 tickets. $4 tickets for Phoenix Rising. That is cheap. In this economy? Yeah. And there is a lot that could be at stake that day. There could be a lot to play for. So you're going to want to come out and watch that game. 
against Atlanta United too, especially because if Phoenix Rising can put on a performance like they did today, that's going to be... Yeah. So anyway, make sure, remember, you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute with the Game Time app. It's great for your procrastinators out there. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. So make sure to hop on there on the Game Time app. Pick up your Phoenix Rising tickets. One game left, cheap tickets. Why not? Why not? Why not? And of course, if you want to relax now, we've. I feel like we've gotten ourselves yeah. quite worked up haven't we today yeah i'm Five just goals. sad they missed my finger point into the camera i said the thing about the economy but atlanta united to the <laughs> lemon johnny revenge game your favorite owen doesn't want to talk about john a he wants to talk about ogs right owen yeah yeah i feel like you know we've had the five get five <laughs> five goals today, company man it's been it's been quite one for raising the blood pressure getting you excited getting you pumped up there yeah. Juan Guerra mentioned, as he said earlier, you're saying about five beers. Well, maybe, maybe you just need to chill out now. You know, yeah. maybe you just you've got stuff to do in the morning. You're not feeling like the beers. You just want to get home. You want to relax. You want to sleep. Well, OGs just did something that's going to totally change the game. They just launched their brand new sleep edition gummy. And I'm told by our huge. team here that you're not going to want to sleep on these. Yeah, you heard us right. OG's is now flavoring dreams. Whoa. With a 2-1 THC-CBN ratio gummy. And CBN is a compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep. So this sleep edition gummy is in their new Aquaberry flavor. We highly recommend you check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z-Brands.com. And on Instagram at OG's Brands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. Just remember... Unlike Ryan here, you do have to be 21 years or older to purchase. What is uh, Aquaberry has me intrigued. I, I'm intrigued. Officially interest peaked. I don't know what Aqua. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I no. Like I don't know what Aquaberry is. Redacted. Okay. All right. So just a couple more things now to go through before we are done. <laughs> there were, of course, a few other games around the league today that maybe didn't have too much bearing on Phoenix Rising, but we can take a peek at them anyway and see what we think here. Lamb United losing 4-0 at home to Detroit City. Probably not a shock. Hartford Athletic, 6. Charleston Battery, 3. That is a lot of goals. goals. What was the bet on nine goals on DraftKings? I, I wish I knew. Plus a thousand. I wish I knew. But here's what I will tell you. It was uh, one goal in the 90th minute. There was another goal in the 87th minute. There was a penalty. Uh, there was a goal in first half stoppage time as well. I, it's just a lot of goals late in these. Oh, they didn't have to go off like that. Like both of them are out of the playoffs, just like oh, entertaining the fans. They scored six. six? Of them. Nine of them six on target. Clinical. 41% possession, you score six goals. They'd take that. They'll take that. Oh. The Tabaramos effect. The Tabaramos effect. Yeah, it's quite a mad one there. India 11 falling 4-2 uh, at home against FC Tulsa. Yes. Miami FC getting a 1-0 win over Memphis 901. Was it Claudio Repetto? No, it wasn't. It was Adam Jai Reed in the 91st minute. Whoa. So yeah, that's big for Miami. Well, into stoppage time. They're in the second half. They pick up the win in Miami. Other games here, San Antonio winning with a late winner as well. 86th minute, Carter Manley gets the goal. 1-0 against Pittsburgh Riverhounds. It still boggles my mind that San Antonio has lost five games all year and 
two of them have been to Rising. And they've already sealed up the top spot yeah. in, the, uh, yeah. in the Western Conference here. Two goals against two games against Rising. Yeah, five goals for Phoenix Rising, no goals for San, San Antonio. Antonio. That's it's absurd. I, and it all comes before it really fell off, doesn't it? All yeah. Before it really fell off for Phoenix Rising. That April game was the first one. The away game was when we were kind of talking about okay. They started a little bit slowly rising. Mm-hmm. How are they going to pick it up? And they picked it up, and we thought, okay, great. They're going to turn this around. They've, they've kind of found their right. rhythm now. They had that really good April, and then they lost to LA Galaxy 2 away from home, and that was a bad, bad performance. Yeah. They come back home. They bounce back with a really good win over San Antonio here, and it's all been downhill from yeah. there. Um, until now. Until yeah. now. Until now. We are... <laughs> Positive. Waited to the end. No more somber Saturdays. Right. And uh, one other game worth noting today. That was Orange County 2, San Diego Loyal 2. Brian Oloski. In fact, the Oloski brothers both scoring in that goal. Milan Oloski in the 44th minute. Brian Oloski with the equalizer for Orange County in the 90th minute. Believe Milan Oloski, I'm curious how many he is off the all-time record now. Because the all-time mark's 25. I believe he's at, what, 22, 23, so still maybe in range. He's a very, very good player. Yeah, uh, he very, might be above this level. Player. Like He's a guy oh, he's I could very, well above this level. very, very, very likely see at an MLS team next year. Might is a terrible take. He is. He yeah. is. It just sucks that Our his King. team wow, isn't any good. Wow, wow, wow. I'll, I'll, I'll butt back slightly there just mm. with one very simple thing, which is that... MLS has a reputation for not picking up good talent in this league. Yeah, sure. Passing over them and just being very daft in the way that they sure. pass over them. He should be. Yes. Yeah. Unquestionably, he should be uh, getting the interest of MLS teams now. Will he? Or teams overseas during the offseason. Yeah. But will he or won't he? We're going to have to wait to see. And then whatever game tomorrow, which kind of does impact on Rising a little bit. I suppose LA Galaxy 2, they're hosting Sacramento Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, will Sacramento bounce back from their loss in midweek? I'd have thought so. But. Yeah, it, it was a weird one. Um, Rising getting that result was strange. I felt like Sacramento was the better team there. Um, the, I just guess the question, whenever Sacramento came here, I was just kind of taken aback with how solid they were. And, and that's what you do need for the postseason. So I think they're going to be a buoyant team in the postseason, regardless of where they finish. But I don't know. They're slipping at the wrong time. So them getting back on form, I think, is important for them. All right. Well, that's just about bringing us to a conclusion here. Thank you for joining us today for this post-game show. Remember, you can support us as well by hopping over to the PHNX Locker, phnxlocker.com, and checking out some of the uh, stuff that we got on there. Of course, we've got a Phoenix Rising shirt that's been there. If you haven't picked one up yet, make sure to hop in and pick one up. We've got the scarf as well. The scarf is – have you guys seen the scarf? You the lightweight one. Here. Yes, yeah, of course. It's really nice, isn't it? Really yeah. lightweight. Of course, not so much of a problem now, of course, because yeah. the heat is starting to come yeah. off. It doesn't have to be quite Thank as light. God. But hey, it's ready for you for next summer as well. Yeah. So make sure to check those out over on the PHNX Locker, phnxlocker.com. Well, boys... Thank you again for joining us today. And thank you to Ryan, who's been on two of these this week. He's uh, basically a part of the program now. I, <laughs> I am Ramon's replacement. Not actually. Ramon, please come back. Rising 2-0. Uh, maybe. 2-0. 2-0 without Ramon this and is Max true. here. And, and with, with Ryan. We'll leave it up to the chat. Chat, you can make up your mind here. And thank you to all of you who joined us in the chat here, including those who are now calling for uh, dollar beer nights to come back next Mm. season. We'll see. We don't even know where Rising are playing next season yet. So (laughs) let's take things one thing at a time, right, boys? 
let's let's just be patient here. But again, thank you for joining us. Make sure to join us again on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday at six o'clock, when we will be taking a look at what's going on in midweek. The games then in a little bit more detail. We'll be having spoken to Juan Guerra again in midweek and kind of really trying to pick. Pe- uh, God, I'm Owen's been here long too show. long. It's dry. Words are hard. Words are hard. <laughs> we're going to really try and piece together what exactly we're expecting to see over the course of this next week moving into that mm-hmm. RGB game. So make sure to tune in on Tuesday at 6. Until then, we'll see you. Fever dead one.